welcome to the pen positive outclass this is your host vinod narayan now you might be wondering why did i say pen positive outclass instead of pen positive podcast maybe it's a slip of tongue and this guy doesn't edit so maybe he's going to go ahead with it no i did change the name of the podcast i decided that i'm going to call it pen positive outclass instead of the pen positive podcast someone said that it's going to impact your ranking but who cares you want to call it something you start calling something and then over a period of time people will start calling it the same so let's go with pen positive outclass and i'll tell you why i want to call it pen positive outclass we are going to have in this podcast a few things that i learned this week you know when you take a retrospective of the week that went by and decide uh, or try to figure out what are the things that i learned you will not find a pattern unless your learning has been very intentional that you went uh, to learn something and you learned if you have just going to revisit the week you would have learned a lot of things that don't really connect with each other and the thoughts that came into your mind the questions that were asked to you the questions that came in your mind the answers yet that you tried to find the searches that you did the what you read all those things don't necessarily connect with each other and so i think most of these podcasts are going to be the set of random ideas that come to mind and uh, that's how we are we have as human beings this multitudes and we would go ahead and uh, pick up whatever we want to learn on a regular basis and then finally when you mash them up it'll look colorful so let's get into the podcast the first question that i have is what is outclass or rather that's not the question i have that's the question you probably have what is outclass why did i start calling pen positive uh, podcast as pen positive outclass now the word outclass means that you become better not better than someone else or in doing something it's becoming better than yourself that's how i look at pen positive and pen positive outclass has always been a concept that i have uh, played around with and i when i did my uh, training programs i initially started calling it pen positive outclass and somewhere i decided to not use the word outclass because i had this domain penpositiveoutclass.com which is where which is where you will have so this podcast has its own page now its own home other than the hosting that i did in anchor and you are listening to probably in one of the podcasting platforms there is also penpositiveoutclass.com where you can go and look at old episodes i have not started putting old episodes i've just started doing that from the last uh, last episode onwards but i would be over time uh, going back and putting all the 79 episodes i had on the podcast so so that's what uh, pen positive outclass was so this idea i had in terms of doing a doing a regular training program and i wanted to call it outclass because it's not about you comparing yourself with someone else but it is about you getting outclassing yourself you know getting better than you so every day every week we should improve a bit so this podcast itself for me is to try to figure out what did i improve this week what did i learn what did i understand this week that i want to probably share with you all and also when i share with you i kind of learned that yes 
that is something so that's the whole idea so everyone in my opinion should have an outclass episode maybe not a podcast maybe a journal write it somewhere but at least every week you need to see did you outclass yourself that week and that for me is what outclass is all about so let us outclass ourselves let's get better a bit every day and then over the week over the month over the year you would have learned so many things that really would make you proud of yourself we kind of find pride in a lot of things that we have not done right we say we are proud about someone else gets a medal and we say that he belongs to my town and i'm proud of it but he ran or he jumped or he played and he got the medal or he or she got the medal and you're sitting over here not doing anything over there just was born or happened to live in that town and you say you're proud but no if you are able to outclass yourself and over a period of time you know that you've learned something you've done something then then that pride being proud actually has a meaning don't you think so anyway so that's what uh, outclass is all about I, an interesting thought that came to my mind and i was listening to a few podcasts and i was thinking we talk about literacy right we talk about literacy and we talk about financial literacy and this time during covid i think it's very important for us to have healthcare literacy and what is healthcare literacy we need to know what's happening over around us in terms of healthcare not just what is happening not just going and finding a doctor or having uh, home remedies for things that's not what i'm talking about understanding what policy changes are happening on healthcare what is happening across the world now i've been over the past few weeks listening to a lot of podcasts and um, reading about how healthcare policies across the world are being revisited in the light of pandemic you know uh, be it about having vaccinations because no one thought that we would have vaccinations so fast in a in a short uh, short period of time have vaccinations not just one multiple companies have come up with uh, vaccinations and people are ready to share what they know in order to ensure that the world is safe so it the whole pandemic kind of dismantled the way we were looking at uh, healthcare it also opened up the flaws that we had in the whole system not just in one place but across the world if you look at if you start listening to what people are talking what conversations are happening uh, you can know that everyone is trying to figure out okay what is wrong with the healthcare system what are the flaws what went well you know i'm not saying that it's always going to be negative but what went well and uh, there was this interesting conversation that i listened to where they were talking about what is the best way to vaccinate such a big number of people now one is vaccinations the availability of vaccines now another thing is that incentive for ensuring that vaccination is available from in different ways to the public and giving people options for vaccination and also at the same time ensuring that everyone gets vaccinated you know there are a lot of people who are uh, anti-vaxxers or they say that vaccination is not good and there are people who rally behind that so how do we ensure that there they should vaccinating them is also important for us to for us to ensure that as a species as a world we survive and we are safe if you 
look around there are places where people due to their um, due to their religious or conservative beliefs or whatever whatever belief system that they have they have not been vaccinating themselves and their kids and the next generation and as a result of it there have been diseases that have started started coming up in these communities and that is a problem for the for a lot of people living in the society so how do we how do we ensure that uh, we can have vaccination available faster and ensure that everyone gets it and happens that and that thing happens faster and we don't have so many anti vaxxers trying to sabotage that whole initiative so how do we know those all these things i think i think that is about healthcare literacy i also heard uh, that whenever we talk about healthcare we only talk about doctors and people who work in healthcare but an interesting field that has come up is or rather it has been there but uh, is about healthcare economics so my daughter Uh, does her economics and i was telling her the other day that uh, you should be focusing on healthcare economics because that's that's very important where you bring healthcare and economics together and you kind of understand what is the economics of ensuring that healthcare is provided to people now you have public healthcare and private healthcare uh, how do you ensure that everyone you know it's a basic right of a person living in modern society to have access to healthcare at an affordable price and and obviously along with that comes that there are certain public etiquette that you need to have to ensure that ensure that uh, you look at healthcare as not just from a treatment perspective but also from a prevention perspective so there's a lot i think we always talk about financial literacy and everyone knows that okay you should have financial literacy because if you have to be financially independent that is important investment lot of people talking about it but when it come to healthcare literacy i think people are not yet taken that taken that initiative to start learning about it and one of the things that i think is going to be part of what i tried to learn over the coming days would be to improve my healthcare literacy not not trying to uh, uh, not understanding my uh, my knowledge not not try to improve my knowledge on diseases because i know doctors are there and i would rather uh, rely on people who are educated and who know the job than any quack or any whatsapp message this that comes to me so that's not my intention but i want to understand the healthcare industry the healthcare economics how this whole public and private health sector really works and uh, i think that kind of a literacy which which helps me to make the right decisions in terms of my health right so and also contribute in some way or the other since i make podcasts and uh, i do videos and i write so so there are some ways that i think it's important for people to start looking at healthcare literacy so that's one thing that i did learn and i think that that's one area that i want to keep learning Now, another interesting thought that came to mind and again this is something that i uh, heard or listened to on podcast it's about this concept called we all have different woods that we walk and what that means is and i don't i don't quite remember who told that and i don't remember if i even mentioned that on a podcast before but what that means is that if you are going into a forest and walking to a forest you would have a different set of 
thoughts, right? You would see a lot of things that would catch your eyes when you walk through the forest. Maybe you are afraid and you wouldn't see anything and you're just trying to get out of there. But sometimes you would enjoy that and you would walk. But if a biologist is walking there, they would see it totally differently, right? They would they would look at things, the same things that you would be looking, they would probably walk the same steps you took, but they would be in a totally different forest because it's not the physical environment it's also the mindset the mental environment that is created due to the physical environment and there your experience your knowledge and everything matters so that for me was a was a very fascinating thought you know not just on a forest thing if you consider it, we all live in a jungle uh, every one of us has a different mental model of what is happening around us and we all see the same place differently the same places that we walk talk to us in a different way and once we realize that we know most of the arguments that we have most of the difference of opinions that we have is because we are not ready to step into his mental forest and he is probably or he or she is not probably uh, ready to step into my or our mental forest and we both walk side by side but in totally different worlds and that i think is very fascinating and whenever i will have very strong arguments with people which i'm not saying that i'm not i'm going to stop having arguments i'll definitely have difference of opinions arguments because those things are very important for us to progress as a human being both on a personal and professional level Uh, maybe not arguments but at least difference of opinions and you look at them as matured adults and how you can deal with that and i that i think is important so while i have that difference of opinion i will also make a mental note that uh, yeah we both are walking together but you have a different forest i have a different forest it's the same tree but we see it differently so that was a fascinating thought that came that i thought about this week and uh, now next one is who is a professional do you know who is a professional years ago when i started my career so there was this person who worked for us so he would go and i don't know again this is also i don't know if i've told the story because there are only so many stories for a human being right you have only so much experience you have only so much uh, stories so you have to keep repeating the stories in different contexts every time to 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 bring out a point so the the point was so this this gentleman who worked for us he he would go to service computers so one day i went on my usual customer visits i went to meet one of my customers and the customer said hey you need to send uh, such and such person to service our computer i asked why and this was a time when i used to assemble and sell computers back in 93 94 time frame so i i asked why yeah we've got other service engineers as well why do you need this particular person so he said uh, you know uh, when he comes and he comes and does the work after that i can feel that the work is done and i asked why how, how how do you know that the work is done because it's something that he would have fixed obviously if it had a computer had a problem they would have fixed it and that's one way that you know that the work has been done 
but uh, other than that how do you how do you figure out uh, how it is done so the person said you know what uh, see i have my computer on a table and there are steps on the table uh, and uh, and when he goes and he comes and he does the work and he uh, he leaves he would have uh, taken a paper or a cloth and he would have cleaned that place maybe just next to the table uh, without touching obviously the things over there but he would have at least he feels that he has a connection with the computer and he wants that computer to be in a place that is that that demands some kind of respect and that i like and he doesn't have to do that he just have to fix the problem and he can just walk out he can even make it as dirty as it leave it as dirty as it was and he doesn't have to he could have tell told people that why don't you why don't you clean it but it for him it was so important for him to ensure that what he was trying to do should be reflected in the right way and this was this was uh, this was uh, long ago i was probably 20 24 23 24 years old at that time so anyway at that time i was i i came up on this in this quote saying that i don't know if it's a quote or someone told me at that time that being a professional is like doing something as if your life depended on it now when your life depends on it you do a good job is what it was and that i've always remembered throughout my life i'm not saying that i have been able to perfect it the way that individual did but i think always that that thought comes to me whenever someone asks what a professional is i would say yes because you have to do it as if your life depended on it when you do it and when someone else does it they know exactly that this work is done by a professional which is you so i i have had uh, scenarios uh, times in my life where people have said that uh, someone else told them that i i i carried out that matter in every professional way but that's that's different but we always have room for improvement and we always want to be professional when we when we do something that is associated with our profession and i am currently reading seth gordon's book the practice i Uh, that's an interesting book small nuggets uh, it's a small book uh, i mean it's 200 pages but it's a fairly uh, small book and um, you have a lot of small 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 nuggets just like how seth gordon's blog is and if you have read books like purple cow and uh, linchpin and all those things you know uh, you know what seth gordon writes about he writes about marketing he writes about the way we work and a lot of things so uh Seth Gordon's The Practice is the book that I'm reading right now um and I have a few other books that I've lined up but uh, in that he says about professional he says the professional is a person who loves their work he was talking about passion and profession so passion passionate people are doing what they love to do or work, their work is exactly what they love to do but a professional is who can love the work that they do now they might not be doing the work that they really love to do but they are professionals and so they love the work that they do it's quite different and i really liked it so that is the book that i read and um, i've got two 
book reviews that I've put on YouTube. The one is James Usman's work, and I've got another YouTube uh, video that uh, I I made on the introduction to the book by Emma Brown called "To Raise a Boy." I will put the links to those uh, videos in the show notes. I would want you to take a look at it. Uh, it's a it's a ten minutes two ten minutes videos, but um, that'll give you an idea of what the book is, and I would highly recommend you guys to go and read it. Work because that takes you through the history of work from uh, the Stone Age to the Age of Roberts, and uh, to raise a boy, I think it's very important to be read by parents, irrespective of uh, I mean even if you're not parents, uh, you should be reading the book because it's important from a from a social perspective and also uh, it doesn't matter if you've got a boy or a girl um, but you should if you are a parent you should read the book the book is about uh, uh, how about boyhood in america the struggles that they have and though i did not study here in us i there was a lot of things that i could really connect with when i when i read the book so so that's uh, that's about books i'll put the links to both the both the book reviews in the show notes and please subscribe to that youtube channel now you can also be part of our pen positive we have a active learning group as part of which we discuss every week on various topics we had a discussion on leadership then we're planning to discuss on communication and language and every anything that develops us as uh, well-rounded individuals on a personal and professional lives and uh, this whole concept of active learning because we have to have an intention to learn and then every consumption of content or data becomes an event of learning so be part of that community go to penposity.com now i had an interesting conversation 3 days back with uh, with a movie director so he was the person who directed the film that i acted so if you don't know i have acted in one malayalam movie it is available on amazon prime it's called the gambler so if you search the gambler malayalam movie you will find that so i'm there in that movie if you know malayalam you can watch it if you don't know malayalam there are subtitles but if you can't read if you can't understand the language still you can see me please so he had uh, called me to 3 days back and he was uh, and we were just talking about uh, uh, about uh, movies and uh, about his upcoming project and what ideas he had and uh, he wanted to we were discussing mostly about future of entertainment and after we discussed a few things and after that i was thinking what would be the future of entertainment you know there are a lot of movies coming on ott in the us uh, at least in the san francisco bay area where i live i believe the theaters have opened up but uh, the tickets are costly and uh, they have uh, less occupancy but theaters are there people people are probably going and watching i have not and um, uh, i don't know uh, when i would be going because i time is a big concern it's not just about uh, uh, going to the theaters because there's so much to watch on ott platforms like netflix and amazon and now if you want to watch some indian content there's so many other ott platforms available there and uh, that's also a, that's also an issue because you have so many uh, ott platforms and uh, some of them are not available in india even so i'm thinking what will be the future of entertainment if you look at movies 
and will you see ott platforms being the future of movies i don't know but i think home theaters are going to have a lot more demand at least people who can afford are probably going to have a cinematic experience set up in their home but even then i think going to a cinema hall and watching a movie it's a it's a cultural thing it's a social thing you can have a theater inside your house and you can have a good cinematic experience to watch a movie with sound system and everything but still it is not the same as driving or going to a cinema hall getting down there then having a cinema then having food after that or in the intervals having something to munch i think that's that's the whole experience right it's just like if you have a backyard doesn't mean that you don't go to the park park is a park a backyard is a backyard so i think there's always going to be that 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 fascination for going to the cinema hall and uh, and i think i think that should be there i'm just waiting for when i can start watching movies again in the theater because ott whenever see i do watch uh, something or the other every day but but i always you you know you always skip you stop you rewind you go and that that uh, takes away their experience of watching a movie and i for some reason before covid i used to go every week to watch the movie and we used to have something called the amc card where you pay about 22 dollars every every month and that gives you an access to about two or three movies every week or two movies every week something like that so which means you can freely watch for 21 dollars you can watch uh, and i don't think they have that scheme right now because with uh, lesser capacity i don't think it's going to work so anyway that is uh, that is probably what i had to say about movies but the future definitely there is ott and definitely there is going to be theaters but the thing i was talking to this director and also another director a few days before that in in the malayalam film industry and he was saying you know you cannot make profits i mean it is more profitable to unless the theaters open up and people start watching in the theater the the profitability especially if you're going to make movies with uh, with big heroes where actors where the major chunk of your money goes to their remuneration i think it becomes uh, it doesn't become financially viable to to do it so that i think is uh, is a problem so probably probably those are the things that uh, if you look at the future of entertainment at least from the indian side some of the things that people are going to really look at is how can we create a movie in such a way or a or a or a series or something in such a way that it makes it financially viable even if theaters take time to come and i think i think that's what is important the effort that you put in the time that you put in and how do you ensure that it reaches people and you still make money because it's not just about making good films or good movies unless they make money unless there's a commercial value for it there's no way that it is going to be i mean there's no way the industry is going to survive there's so many people living out of the industry and it has to be commercially viable which means people should pay and go and watch movies and making movies becomes 
a viable business proposition so i think that's what we need to look we need to make it viable in ott we need to make it viable in theaters we need to make movie making movies a viable business proposition i think that's where that's a that's a central theme of what the future of entertainment should look like whether it is ott whether it is theater whether it is a mix of it whether you have uh, now uh, you have a you have some special perks if you go to the theaters apart from the cinematic experience yeah maybe that's that's what we should look at even now if you look at it, the theaters of or talkies of the yester years are quite different from what it is now because now going to a cinema hall is an experience in itself because most of the kids go for movies not to watch the movies but have the munchies there when they when they go there that's that's what interests them so and that's also the business proposition for most of the cinema halls because some of these things you if your ticket is $10 you end up make uh, spending $50 because $40 is for the extra perks that you buy from there so that's how and obviously sometimes it's in the mall so which means that you watch the movie and then you go to the mall you buy something you eat something and you make some uh, you make some commercial value exchanges in that process so that is about movies and what we're going to do is that we are next going into a poetry a poem cesar vallejo's poem let's get into that reading cesar vallejo is always a fun thing in the sense um, it takes you to a entirely different uh, world something that you can probably reach only in imaginations and you can only accept it in reality if you really have an imagination to understand the plight of people cesar abraham vallejo mendoza born march 16th 1892 and died april 15th 1938 he was a peruvian poet he was a writer playwright and journalist he's only published three books of poetry during his lifetime but considered as one of the great poetic innovators of the 20th century in any language for that matter so the i'd read a poem of cesar uh, vallejo called masses a few days back i think a few weeks back in fact uh, on one of those daily podcast sessions but today i want to read um, this poem called today i like life much less so just get into that uh, that particular mindset where you can sit back and listen to a poetry today i like life much less today i like life much less but i always like to live i've often often said that i almost touched the part of my whole and restrained myself with a shot in the tongue behind my word today i touch my chin in retreat and in these momentary trousers i tell myself so much life and never so many years and always my weeks my parents buried with their stone and their sad stiffening that has not ended full length brothers my brothers and finally my being standing and in a vest i like life enormously but of course with my beloved death and my cafe and looking at the leafy chestnut trees of paris and saying this is an eye that one too this a forehead that one too and repeating so much life and never does the tune fail me so many years and always 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 i said west 
said whole part yearning said almost to avoid crying for it is true that i suffered in that hospital close by and it has it has is good and it is bad to have watched from below up my organism i would like to live always even flat on my belly because as i was saying and i say it again so much life and never and so much years and always much always 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 that was translated from spanish by clayton eshelman and with that we come to an end of this week's episode you be content and be pen positive join our active learning community at penpositive.com stay safe and please please be kind thank you